0: Exton Moss Experiment. Adventures in Wine and Space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton. We're recording this in March 2022, and Vladimir Putin has decided to have a little war. So we thought, while we've still got the chance, while we're still alive, and while Europe isn't a great mass of burning holes, we'd do a little mini Cold War season. And we're going to start tonight with Chernobyl.
1: Which we'd already recorded um, a few months ago and was due for release at some point when Ken got round to it. But we're bringing it forward. I mean... We're only three days into this, but it shows no sign of becoming a quickly resolved thing. And I suspect things are going to get very, very horrible for the people of Ukraine. And I don't imagine a a geeky English podcast sending their best wishes and thoughts and prayers. are Thoughts and prayers. It's going to make any difference at all. So I have sent a whack of money through to the ukrainian red cross which will hopefully make a difference but in the meantime we are doing a, a series of episodes this is the most ukrainian based one because it's Ch- chernobyl which is a bit ukrainian but we're going to be doing a load of stuff on the cold war as
0: well so without further ado we'll hand it over to our younger selves for chernobyl with guests the, with guests for chernobyl the miniseries run vt boys Hello boys and girls, and a very warm welcome to another edition of the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton. I'm Alan Fogg. And I'm Paul Asworth. Welcome aboard boys, and what are we watching today?
1: Today we're going to watch one of the television highlights of the last few years. We're going to watch Chernobyl.
0: But before we launch into a critique of it, we have got, as ever, the tonic screwdriver. In anticipation of the uh, Russian theme of our podcast today, we are drinking Polygar, number 10 gin. This is an old Russian gin, it's 38.5% proof, and the info bollocks tells us it's handmade in copper pot stills from rye and wheat, according to 19th century technology, and redistilled with Siberian herbs, spices and berries. The Siberian herb well, uh, there's an awful lot of, uh, of info bollocks on the other side, which I really don't think we need to go into. Um, as ever, we'll always have a sniff of the glass first before we dive in. What do we think? <laughs> Dear God above of all that is good and pure. It smells like Jennifer. It smells it very yeasty. <laughs> it smells like it's come out of Reactor 4. What the <laughs> hell? That, it does smell like Jennifer, actually. I'm not looking forward to diving in. Oh, well, chaps. See you on the other side. Good health.
2: Hell's teeth. What in the name of bloody hell?
1: <laughs> it's quite Soviet. It doesn't taste like Geneva. It doesn't have that... Ah, it's burning my tongue. That Reactor 4. Um... I'm, I'm not keen on this. <laughs> and for this to be number 10, that means that there must have been nine versions prior to this <laughs> no. that were worse
0: <laughs> this is what they settled on. <laughs> um, this, now we've got it. Number 10, that's the one. That's, that's, that's the one. A- <laughs> launch, launch, comrade. <laughs>
1: That'll break the international market. Bombay Sapphire won't know what's hit
0: it. Considering how the reaction from all of us on this, I keep sipping it, and for that reason alone, it's fascinatingly uh, awful. <laughs> I <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> fascinatingly awful. That's a is that a new <laughs> term of <laughs> abuse? Yeah. It's not gin. It's uh, whatever this is. It's um, what strength is it? it's uh, 38 38 and a half God, uh, so more than that no it no so it, more, it's comparatively yeah. weak it doesn't taste like gin it's like whiskey cordial yeah <laughs> it is whiskey mm.
2: yeah definite essence of whiskey yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never seen Doctor Exton pull that face before, and he's seen far worse things in the world than I have. It's not going to score very highly as a drink. It's I, not the most horrible thing we had. It isn't. Um, I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it a one because it's not hateful, but it's not gin, and I keep sipping it. It's not like Tobamori where I wanted to destroy it. I'm going to give it a two because it's not the most horrible. I was thing going to say. I, I think a two might be. It's one of those things for any of you out there if you're at university <laughs> and you want a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I think I will. I'll give it a two. Alan, what do you think?
2: Uh, I would give it a one, and I wouldn't go back for a second tasting. On
1: it. <laughs> well, except that you have. <laughs>
0: Force a habit. But <laughs> it was. There. It didn't improve the second time around. <laughs> now, Paul, bear in mind that you and I have had unicum, <laughs> which it looks like baby bio. It comes in a baby bio shaped bottle, and it probably tastes like baby bio. How does it compare? Yeah, it's not far off. <laughs>
1: to be honest,
0: yeah, it's. But you're it's, not supposed to drink
1: unicum neat. Unicum. Yeah,
3: that's what it's called. Really.
1: Oh, that! (laughs) What the hell is that? Then it's a bitters. What would
3: you mix
0: it with? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's like drinking neat Angostura bitters.
0: Is that what it is? Yes. Ah, a twenty-year-old mystery has just been solved. (laughs) I mean, that's what I always thought because it's what it tastes like. Stupid now.
1: Do you remember that twat in that pub in um, (laughs) in Cornwall who who challenged me to drink a shot of that brown shit? Oh yes, Yeah. yeah, that was unicum. Ah. And he thought that I was going to yak it straight back up again.
2: No, you don't tend to do that.
1: I don't. And I've had it before, so I know what it's like. Yes. And it did really piss
0: on his chips. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy. It, it's not nice stuff. It, it's like... Um, well, it's uh, what I described afterwards as having an impacted face. LAUGHTER uh, <laughs> What, well, turned your mouth into an arsehole? Uh, it, it felt like it. It was, uh, I, I've never drunk anything or had anything in my mouth that's had that reaction before. Uh, uh,
1: I've got some Latvian black balsam at home. We could try Oh, that. I,
3: I've had that. It's horrible. We brought some back from Riga to inflict on party guests. <laughs> <laughs> and, there,
1: and there's the Finnish, is it Salmiaka?
0: Oh, you've got me on that one.
1: The salty licorice. That's disgusting. You've mentioned it, yeah, yes. Terrible. Yeah, You describe it so beautifully. But
3: that's <laughs> the way
1: the it. It, And it does taste like salty licorice.
0: Yeah, if if you want to taste what Chernobyl was like, uh, <laughs> Polygar number 10, That that's it. Um, Industrial. It, it, yeah, it, it is in sort of, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lumps of carbon <laughs> reactor. <laughs> So, uh, now that we're suitably charged, uh, we're going to bypass the Black Archive this week, uh, largely because we can't be asked. So we're going to launch straight into Chernobyl.
3: All of the good we did, it doesn't matter. What does matter is that to them, justice was done. You see, a just world... There's a sane world. There was nothing sane about Chernobyl.
1: I'm pleased to report that the situation in Chernobyl is stable. In terms of radiation, I'm told it's the
3: equivalent of a chest X-ray. No! Chernobyl is on fire. And every atom of uranium is like a bullet. Penetrating everything in its path. Metal, concrete, flesh. Now Chernobyl holds over three trillion of these bullets. Some of them will not stop firing for 50,000 years.
1: Tell me how to put it out.
3: You are dealing with something that has never occurred on this planet before.
1: the phone lines, contain the spread
3: of misinformation. What will happen to our boys? The pain is unimaginable. In three days to three weeks, you're dead.
1: You can see him, and you cannot touch him. Do you understand? What
3: happened on the night of the accident?
2: the right question, we'll get you the
3: truth. There is no truth. What happened there? What happened after? All of it.
1: All of it.
0: Madness. trailer, as you've just heard is not a cheery thing actually there's um the thing that it always sends a chill through me actually is the uh, the warning thing that they drive around with on the top of the van that Umalia Umalia yeah, just yeah, that is it's chilling I find uh, now this is usually where before I, I launch into all this this is where dr. exton gives us a, a general precy of what the thing's about it's five hour long episodes long. And I'm not going to praise it. No, you're not going to pricey it. Because it's so
1: recent, I think it's one that we shouldn't spoiler. Um, yeah, that's no, fair enough. I mean, I, I have no problem wrecking people's enjoyment of things that are 50 years old, because if you haven't seen it by now, frankly, you should have done. But something that was only out a couple of years ago, people will still be playing catch-up. I don't think it's fair to spoil it. Having said that, it is based on documented historical events around the meltdown disaster at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine,
0: it is, yeah, and uh, the story opens.
1: I did try to find some Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian gin, considering how the Russian ones worked. I'm going to say
0: all all (laughs) the ones we've had from that sort of uh, side of the block have all been. Soviet. Chernobyl the series it it sort of opens with, uh, within certainly within the first 5-10 minutes it opens with the detonation of the reactor at Chernobyl but it's done in such a way that it's not the main event, it's done from the perspective of the nearby town so the full effects of it aren't focused on actually for quite a long way into the thing as Simon has said, it's well worth tracking down, it's not worth spoiling purely because it's so, it's Really, really good. I mean, this is a... The, uh, HBO have, have been behind this and...
1: Well, it was HBO and it was Sky Atlantic, so it's a joint American-UK. Yeah. And it won a load of awards. Ah,
0: so, the, notes. the notes
1: fire away. <laughs> it won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Limited Series, Outstanding Directing and Outstanding Writing. Golden Globe for the Best Miniseries and for Stellan Skarsgård for the Best Supporting Actor. British Academy Awards for the Best Miniseries and for Jared Harris as the Best Lead Actor. Critics' Choice Award for Stellan Skarsgård as Best Supporting Actor. The Royal TV Society for the Best Actor for Jared Harris. And the TV Critics Association Award for the outstanding achievement in a movie, miniseries, or special, and there were loads and loads and loads of other awards that it won. But they, they were all things that I'd never heard of. So,
0: yeah, have you, uh, you guys? Uh, well, Alan, I know you, you have seen this. What do yeah. you think of it?
1: Brilliant, real
2: good quality piece of a series, and I think they condense it into the right duration, factual, graphic, and thought provoking as well. And it showed the journey from the point of the meltdown to, you know, the stages afterwards and what people are going through in great, great detail. Great detail. In great detail. Uh, And I'm not into all all the gruesome things. Mm -hmm. Really, really enjoyed it. I think uh, it's it's an absolute must for people to watch that, you know, want to understand possibly what happened better around that time.
1: And I think just to put that in context, the number number of TV series that I've known Alan over the last, 12 years, say that he would want to watch again, I could probably count on the fingers of one hand. That was a keeper. And this we watched twice in the same year. Mm. Which I know is um, rare that's, for you. Yes, it is. Uh, unique.
0: Unique? <laughs> Crikey. Other <laughs>
1: than Star Trek, I've never known him do that for anything else. <laughs> oh, Sex
2: and the City. Gotta have numerous Sex and the City I could always watch on
0: repeat. Yeah, but you're on your own on that one. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I really enjoyed Sex and the City, so we may revisit this. Oh, I, really? I did first time around. really
1: want to watch them again. I a mean, no taste. It would save me enough episode to episode. Never mind
0: what.
1: <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Sex and the City. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll shift over to Mr. Iles rush.
3: Loved it. Uh, it was one of those where I wasn't really that bothered when it first came out about watching it because you just think, well, we know what happened, and it's just going to be loads of Russian people <laughs> <laughs> running around running, ah. and, and dying horribly, <laughs> and dying horribly. Yeah, there is a, a fair amount of that, but the stories the, and the way it was told, it was it was just gripping right from the start. I ab- absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I watched this. <laughs> I think we're all of an age where we know what went on, or we we certainly remember it uh, in the news. But it's one of those bizarre things that you think you know, or you think you know about, until somebody picks the scab. And the way they went into it, how they made five hours of drama out of it that were utterly gripping... I actually think that that, that's quite an achievement. Um, Maybe a a movie you might expect, you know, they condense everything into an hour and a half, two hours. Five hours of TV that you are completely hooked by. It was haunting all the way through. The flavour of it is very Soviet. Uh, It doesn't paint a very flattering picture of the USSR in that time. I don't think anybody particularly looks back on the USSR with... Uh, romantic, sort of uh, nostalgic rose tinted glasses, but it doesn't. It doesn't really reinforce that. The special effects in it and the uh, the sets in it and the way that the story is told, they must have spent a fortune on that. And I mean, I I watched this. I remember uh, messaging you when I watched it, Simon. And uh, I watched it over five nights on on DVD.
1: Hmm. You won- no four nights
0: because the final episode you watched at Our House. Right? I did, that's right. And it was one of the, uh, progressively, the lost recordings. But it was just, it's not, I live alone, but it was one of those things that I was sort of lights out running upstairs. It's haunting. There's, it, it, there's just something about it that's really, really unnerving. And for any TV programme mm. to do that to me at 43, uh, you, you shouldn't be afraid of the dark at 43. But that was, it It was unsettling. Yeah. I mean, there are some incredible performances in
1: it. Yeah. Um, the look of it is very... Russian. Bleak. Yeah. yeah. And they, they don't really pull any punches when it comes to the makeup of people dying of their, uh, the radiation.
3: The makeup is fantastic all the way through.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, the only one they don't show, because they, they show the, um, the radiation victims uh, or the main, um, the main people involved slowly disintegrating from radiation sickness. There's one uh, which his entire face has dissolved that's the only one they don't show. He's always behind uh, when he's being interviewed in a hospital bed. Uh, they, they don't it's go that far. It's the fireman. Yes, it is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, the the Russian government has responded to it saying that it's a... CIA propaganda, as
0: <laughs> I recall, and they're going to make their own version that shows that it was CIA. <laughs> it was a CIA that caused the disaster.
1: Hmm. <laughs> And the the producers (laughs) have said that there are certain things, because it was a a dramatization rather than a documentary, there are certain things that were exaggerated. So there's a a sequence where a lot of the citizens of the the local town gather on a bridge to watch the the light show as the reactor is melting down. And then you see that they all end up in hospital and die of radiation exposure. And apparently that's a complete fabrication. I think the cover-up
2: side of it is something which I don't think they would have exaggerated too much, and you can almost see that now yeah. in mm-hmm. the way that you know, Russia currently is. So that was something that they, I think, did very well without treading on too many toes, but keeping it probably realistic.
1: Yes.
3: Trust me, to kill a
2: killer conversation.
1: And Emily Watson's scientist character was a portmanteau yeah. character yeah. for portmanteau a character, lot yes. of Russian scientists who were doing... Very similar things. I mean, realistically, she wouldn't have been able to do what she did in the, the miniseries with the amount of censorship and control there was. It was a, it was a lot of, and probably
0: sexism. To be fair, uh, regardless of her standing, she would have. She was still a woman in Russia in nineteen eighty six.
1: There was one scene, or there, there were lots and lots of scenes that were very effective. But the the one where they were clearing the, the debris from the the roof of the oh. reactor. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. And they were saying to people that you have 90 seconds yeah. before you get a lethal exposure, so you go out, you do what you can, and there was
0: one lad who got his boots stuck. Oh. You see, the thing the whole thing, really, there was very little in it that was graphic. The first episode, I think, is probably the most graphic, and it's nothing... I don't do horror films. I don't do gore or anything like that. There's nothing in there that is sort of, Bleh. but it's enough to make you stop mm. and think about what they were going through.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, because that plants the seed in episode one. You don't need them to show anything in the subsequent episodes to know what's going to happen. I think that was a very, very cleverly done. You know, this, this series to me, or miniseries or whatever you want to call it, it's just one of the best pieces of television I've seen in years. Nothing's come close to this for me for a long time. It's really hard to make a, a series about
3: something so awful, so human. Mm. And they just did it in spades. Yep. The, the rooftop scene where you were talking about, where they were clearing the it's clearing the debris, yep. it's sticking everyone's mind, won't it?
1: Yeah. Actually, the, the one that really stuck in my mind, and I know noticed- this... Alan, this was a, a scene. Oh, this was a set of scenes that you couldn't watch.
2: I was going to bring that up. Um, yes, I can't oh, see them. In that. which case, well, no, I, I didn't see them. There, there, was, yeah. there was a part where they were going out clearing things, and they're about yeah. to start shooting and all, things all, and animals and dogs, and it's like all, all the
1: all the pet blindness. animals that were in there. They sent people in to to cull. Mm. That was a horrible set of scenes.
0: Yeah, you see, you three are uh, pets are not my my they're just not my thing. I don't want animals anywhere near me. However, that was episode four where they they go out into you know and. It's very, very explicitly stated, make sure you kill the animal outright. You do not let it suffer. You don't and um, you know, these are people that they've no experience whatsoever of, of shooting animals or or even holding guns. And um that I've got to admit, that was fairly unpleasant. Yeah, you just think these people are, they're being asked to go out and shoot innocent animals they've no idea what's going on these poor animals and and you know and and the first one that the uh, the this um, civilian shoots he doesn't get it right and he doesn't have the heart to so, you know he doesn't have the heart to correct the mistake and his his um, supervisor comes over and and does it for him but that was fairly unpleasant that was a, a very very uh, accurate portrait of the human condition how many of us realistically could happily blow an animal away and 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 sort of not really feel anything that was pretty awful
2: yeah i wasn't watching that you had to tell us when it was a uh, clip i can't watch things like that well, that that was the only part of it that I couldn't watch, and it was, you know, the rest of it, as I say, was gripping
1: and wanted to watch and
2: wanted to see it through. So
1: yeah, and as a series, it works on a lot of levels. So yeah, there, there's the threads-type nuclear disaster, mm. but then there's the subsequent cover-up. Um, there's the scientific investigation, and then there's the court case. Yeah, and the the court case was absolutely compelling. And I'm not a huge no. fan of courtroom drama, but. This was really well done.
0: It was done. The court case was primarily done. Again, it's not really giving too much away. All this is well documented, and 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 you can sort of watch it, even with the the sort of vague spoilers that we're giving. But the court case was done with a slideshow of how the, or a a visual aid as, as to how the nuclear reaction unfolded and why Chernobyl happened in sort of layman's terms. It was so well done and it was intercut with scenes of the actual reactor exploding because you don't see the actual reactor explosion from within Chernobyl until the very end of episode five. And it's built up so much. It could have been an easy win just getting, you know, showing it in, at the beginning of episode one and that would set up the five episodes. They don't. They build it up in such a way that you are so gripped by this thing I cannot praise this highly enough it's an amazing piece of TV standout
1: I think it's one of the most amazing bits of television in recent years we have very deliberately not spoiled the the plot because if you haven't seen it I would really recommend watching it that says it all agree okay. it's a must watch yeah I would I would watch it again which for
3: something on such a depressing <laughs> depressing subject matter, it's not the kind of thing you say, Oh, shall we watch Chernobyl? <laughs> but but we probably would. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it was really, really good. Yeah. Can't praise it enough.
0: I think that as a final note, it is one of those things you will watch, you will love but you will think twice about watching again because of the mm. emotional impact that it will have on you. There's very few things that have had a... Uh, uh, well, I know that you two, Simon and Alan, you have been at your house watching uh, stuff for uh, previous episodes of our podcast where I have had an emotional reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, this is one of those things that it will... Dante's Peak.
1: <laughs> Get out. Do you mean Dante's Cove? <laughs> yes, <they> are. Yes. <laughs>
3: That would have been funny if I'd have
1: been <laughs> 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 different kind of emotion. <laughs> <coughs> but, different of as well. <laughs> but that uh, <laughs> no, it was yeah. separate ta- separate tables that had you in floods.
0: And separate tables did. It was a, a Terrace Maskin play, and that uh, that did it was. But I, I love anything, any piece of TV or, or theatre or opera or anything that will get an emotional reaction out of me. This is something I've. It was on a level. Eh? It was just so, so well done. I cannot praise it highly enough. So yes, go and watch this, boys and girls. You will not be disappointed.
1: But don't go to the bother of tra- tracking down any Russian gin for it. <laughs>
0: if you want to avoid one, it's Polygon number 10. So on that note, everyone, we'll see you soon. Bye now. Bye. Bye. And with that, we will sign off. That was a repurposed recording. As, as Simon said earlier, we'd already done that one. But we're going to spend a weekend just recording espionage Cold War-y Russian stuff. Simon, you've got lots lined up for us, haven't you?
1: Yes, I and mean, partly because I absolutely love a lot of Cold War drama, and we'll do Callan. We're aiming to do the Doctor Who episode, Cold War. We've got a special guest coming along for a interesting episode of a, a kiddies TV programme that's surprisingly dark Um, we've got a few episodes of the espionage drama espionage and we're kind of cherry picking some of the Cold War stuff from that hopefully it will keep
0: people entertained. Until next time, as we say it will be a bit of a mini season so expect a lot of grim stuff over the next five or six episodes but thank you for listening everyone we'll be back very soon with our next edition, whatever that may be Bye now The Exton-Moss Experiment featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss. All featured soundtracks are the property of their respective producers, and no infringement of copyright is intended. Title music was performed by the BBC Symphony Orchestra, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.